the blast from our past network. Talking Back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and this week we are continuing our walkthrough of the Deadly Class series, and we've landed on Volume 7. Dean, how about this Volume 7? Tim, I feel like you're really taking your time with this intro and really stretching it out because how are we going to make this thing an hour long? This volume went by. I read this thing in like 15 minutes. I know, but there's so much to talk to. This will definitely, will definitely make an hour. Ah, for sure. For sure. For sure. There's so much to talk about. Um, I loved it, man. Wow. Oh, I loved it so much. It's, it's quick. It's short, like I said, because it's a lot of action. But I think it might be my favorite. Like, I've probably said that, like, what are we on, volume seven? I've probably said that at least five times by now. But I think it's my favorite one. I I really love this one. Yeah, I was saving that for the end. But yeah, this was, I think this was my favorite. Now, interesting dynamic going on with this one that we mentioned in the last volume. And that is that other than the first issue in this one, I haven't read beyond the first issue. So this was all brand new to me, which was very exciting for me. So... That's awesome. In the, it was awesome. And in the first six volumes, I had, you know, having read it, I had ideas already conceived about it. I knew what to expect. This is all fresh for me. And it was a lot of fun. And to tell you the truth, it really reminded me of why I love this series so much and why it like really struck a chord with me in the first place. Um, just f- seeing these things happen for the first time. Yeah. When you reread them, you've kind of you kind of gotten over a lot of the shock value uh, that is a big part of this book. So it was really nice for me to get back into that this time, and you know, be along for the ride with you, and not just kind of like knowing what's going to come and trying to see you know what you thought of the different situations. So it was awesome. It's my it's my number one for sure, and it's only four issues. You said it, it's so short. It's four. They these used to be these volumes used to be six. Then they dropped it down to like five, and this was the first one that's four. So I don't mind that at all. No, I thought it. I thought it worked for this one. Um, I feel like they've kind of all been six. Maybe there was one in there that was five, but I, when I opened last this thing one was up, five. Okay, okay. When I opened this thing up and I saw like a hundred and seventeen pages, I was like, if my math skills are correct, I think this is only four issues. And man, did they just fly by? Yeah, yeah, they were awesome. So good. So I, I like I obviously couldn't put it down. Like this was a, no. a straight sit down one read through for sure. Yeah, definitely. Now this volume is called Love Like Blood. And it was released in 2018 with the same crew we've had for a little while. Rick Remender, our dude. Wes Craig. He's also our dude. Yes. And Jordan Boyd, who's becoming our dude. For sure. Yeah. He's for sure becoming our dude. I think he's he's dude status by now, I think. Yeah, he's been on so. for half the yeah. volumes now. So you're, yeah. you're giving him dude status? Oh, yeah, he's crushing it, man. All right, he's a, he's a, he's one of our dudes. Yeah. Now, I will recap for everyone what happened in volume six. Cool. And especially, I wanted to recap it for myself. 
Right. Because it's been like it's been like two and a half months since we since we did one of these. Yeah. If I you, didn't if realize. You... I didn't. It just feels like maybe three or four weeks ago we did one yeah. of these. But when I checked back on the episodes, it's been a long time, dude. Yeah. If you uh, replay the tape on that one, I think at the end we're like, listen up, everyone. We're going to have a quick turnaround. We're yeah. going to get to volume seven right away because this thing rocks. And then that was I think that was like three months ago. Well, we talked about doing like two volumes last time because it was so exciting. We're like, let's just right. do volume seven right now. Let's just do it or let's do it. Yeah. Nope. And then we're like, nah, break. let's chill on it for a while, actually. Other stuff came up. Yeah, that's what happens when you fly by the seat of your pants and just record whatever you feel like that week with no yeah, schedule. Yeah, that's what happens when you have no schedule. <laughs> things change, dude. Yeah, man. Other important things came up that needed to be talked about. So For sure. But look, and we're back. Tim, we did it. We, we talked about those things, yeah. We talked about those things. And now we're here. So here's the recap. Quan learns that Saya didn't actually kill Marcus. She faked his death and let him go. Saya's brother Kenji wants to use this information to have Saya discredited and expelled from King's Dominion. Quan, Helmet, Petra, Tasawi, and Z all pile into a car and head out on a road trip to Mexico. Turns out, thanks to Quan, they're headed to the same place where Marcus and Maria have fled and finally found some peace. The road trip crew find Marcus and Maria, and so does Victor and Brandy, and so does the Yakuza. We're left with Brandy being shot by Marcus, Marcus pointing a gun at Victor, and an army of Yakuza surrounding all of them. We were excited. Yes, Where it left off. I remember where it left off. You explaining what happened in the beginning of the volume. To me, that seems like that was like two or three volumes ago because it's been I so know. long. But like, I, I, I definitely remember that last issue. Yeah. All right. So we started off with a full page spread with Willie on one side, Saya on the other, and a ripping remender quote, splitting the page in half straight down the middle. Totally. Amazing spread to start this volume. Amazing. Great start. Yeah, it's it's like page one. I'm reading, I'm looking, and right away, like I think it's obviously what it's intended to do, but right away, I am so invested in the book. Like I know yeah. on page one, I'm not putting this thing down until I reach the last page. It's just that good. It's that good of a first page. It looked like it could have been a cover. It was so... Totally, so yes. wicked. Um, now, the text going down is an inner monologue from Marcus, where he tells us last year was the best year of his life. And that's all ended now because Victor killed Willie, his best friend. Right. And then we catch up with the story with Marcus and a gun pointed at Victor. Now, Marcus is about to pull the trigger when the Yakuza break into the room and attack him. And Marcus was actually doing a pretty good job fighting and defending himself off here until he wasn't anymore. And they just overwhelmed him. But he gets saved by Victor, who shoots a Yakuza and screams, no one kills you but Victor. Right. <laughs> you gotta love Victor. You gotta. I really appreciated that. Yeah. We love Victor. Yeah, I, I love Victor. I appreciated that from him. I appreciated that it's Marcus great was, really, was really good at fighting these guys off um, because 
I think we mentioned uh, back when he first showed up after we thought he was dead, um, he looked like he had gained some fighting skills. He looked like he had done something to get better because at the beginning of this book, he wasn't a great fighter. He was just like get, like finding his way through situations. He wasn't fighting anybody off. So I like that they just remind us again, show us again that he can take on many foes at once. Like he is skilled and he has, maybe it's the schooling that's paid off. I don't know what it was, but he has gained skills in this past year and he's able to fight off a bunch of these guys. Yep. Yeah, he's a, he's a tough dude. Totally. Tough little, he's a, a little scrappy. He's a little scrappy guy. He's scrap. He's totally he's very scrappy. Big. Yeah. He's like a little Wolverine. Yeah. I think they I think they call him Wiry. Would you say that? Wiry? That's a good yeah. one. Yeah, you can call him Wiry for yeah. sure. Now, we go outside the hotel and the King's Dominion crew start a massive battle with the Yakuza who are um, actually only here looking for Marcus, we learn. Now, I'm obviously super excited for this battle. Like, oh, yeah. I, it, this is going to be... Anytime the King's Dominion crew get into fights with anybody, it's awesome. And it, it was it was quite a bit of fun for a little bit. But it turns out there's way too many Yakuza. And the KD yeah. crew have to run away. And in the process, most of them actually end up getting shot. Yeah. Uh, I... I mean, I was not really expecting that. I was not. No. First of all, I was I was caught off guard that they're running away. You don't really see them run away all that often. And then they mostly all get shot. Like what? It's, it was so strange. So shocking. It's, it's strange. Yeah, I, I like that. This little piece um, of the story gives us kind of exactly what it gives us a little bit of what we want and exactly what makes sense um, where. You want your, you see your characters beat on some of these guys. Like you want to see them right. beat up people. So you get to see that for a little bit, but then it's like, yeah, they brought a ton of reinforcements. So your six, seven people are going to be outnumbered here. So they're going to have to get away. And honestly, yeah, when they started getting shot as they were fleeing, I, I was starting to feel worried. We are at the beginning of the yep. volume. Like, where are we going from here? What's going to happen? How are they going to get out of this? Yeah. So after reading the volume, I mean, how many Yakuza do you think were sent here for this group of, well, really to get Marcus, but then you've got this group of like, you know, six or seven King's Dominion crew as well. What's your number on Yakuza? That's a great question. Um, I don't want to like overestimate, but there, there's a page that's a little bit deceiving of how many could be on that page. Yeah. But like a hundred? Yeah. I was thinking like maybe 60 to 80, somewhere like that. Yeah. So there's a, there's a ton depending, of them. So there, there's a ton of them. Depending on how you interpret that one page, I think you probably know what I'm talking about, but I depending sure on how you interpret one of the pages, um, yeah, could be could be upwards close to 100. But if it's if it's being played a little differently, then maybe, yeah, maybe down towards 60. Yeah, somewhere. I mean, it's a lot. It's 60, a lot. 60 yeah. would it's, be It's more than six. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Way more. Way more. <laughs> so back in the small hotel room, Marcus and Victor were able to kill 20 Yakuza in that small room. I counted. Oh, I loved that page. It's just all, it's not even a page. It's just like a panel. All these dead bodies. It was so difficult trying to count them because there's so many in a small room. I couldn't tell where the heads were starting and like the feet were ending and where the are, whose arms yeah. are whose and whose feet are what and which waist is where and whose chopped off head was that. And 
there's just I did my best. So I think there's 20 dead bodies in that one like small hotel room. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now, Tim. That's an impressive count on your part. This is a this is a small panel and they're all wearing black and there's maybe more black on this panel than anything else. Yeah. What Marcus and Victor did in that room is only overshadowed by my ability to count those dead bodies in the room. Exactly. Exactly, Tim. <laughs> so. You come out on top here. Yeah, that's it. It's, and honestly, uh, great job shedding light on that panel because that is an amazing panel. Oh, how it's they, amazing. How they're actually fitting all of these bodies in that small panel. It's it's incredible. And that's 20 Yakuza right there. Yeah. So out of like our list, or out of our like 60 to 100, there's 20 of them dead right there. 20 in that room. Just like that. Awesome. And I, I want to say, because like at this part in the story um, is where we're really we're really in Marcus's head a lot in this story. And he makes a decision. He makes a choice in this part of the story that he is going he, he gets his hand on a sword and he's going to toss this to Victor because right now he needs Victor's help. Right. Because the Yakuza are also attacking Victor. They're attacking Marcus and Victor. They're just killing trying to kill everybody that's in this room. Yeah. Um. So. He decides that he needs the ally in this moment. He knows Victor is going to try to kill him, but right now it's more important to throw him the sword. And right at this point, I believe, is when he starts to um, think kind of like Batman does, where he thinks in uh, just short sentences, small bursts, and he even throws out to Frank Miller and says, like, think like a Frank Miller character. He says that in his head, that he wants to think in, like, short sentences. And it just... It's awesome that they are um, kind of referencing maybe Dark Knight Returns. And it's even better that he throws it out to Frank Miller. So my mind actually goes there. So now immediately after that moment, every time he says something in his head, I'm just thinking, oh, this is exactly what Batman would say in this scenario if Frank Miller was writing him. It, it really like I got so happy in this moment. Nice. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't parallel it to Batman like you are, but it's just because I didn't consider it. So, yeah, I. Right. I wasn't a big fan of him just throwing Frank Miller's name out there. I thought it was like a cool idea that he was, he's trying to escape the situation the way that Frank Miller would write someone out of a situation like this, because it's such an insane situation to be in. Um, I just thought like it took me out of this story to hear. Yeah. It almost like broke the fourth wall for me to hear like that, like Marcus and these, these kids live in the same world as Frank Miller um, so I, it was kind of a throwaway for me, but I like that you got to where he was your Batman, which was, which is cool. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I think, you know, he's a, he's a, Marcus is a guy that likes comic books, worked at the comic book st- shop or whatever. So I like that, that there's that small connection. And for me, it was more, he was thinking how to think, like how to think quickly in these moments instead of like how to actually get out of the situation. So that's why I think I enjoyed it and connected it more because I started to read it as it. Batman, a hero. And I think Marcus kind of becomes our, I mean, he's, he's our main character, but I think he becomes our hero in this volume. And so I liked that I started to think of Batman. Oh, you think he becomes our hero, hey? I think so. I think he becomes our hero in this story, which we're in volume seven, and I don't think he's he had been there yet. I'm, I'm flipped with you on that one. I feel like oh. he may have been a hero before, and oh, this weird. is another decline. Yeah. Oh no, Tim. Yeah. Well, no, we'll get there. It's fine. It'll be fun. Okay. Yeah. It'll be fun. I, I know what you're talking about. I yeah, know you, you know talking. exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It's when he declares that he's the villain. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's when he says, "I am villain." 
<laughs> no, that didn't happen. Come on. Listen, what is happening here is Marcus is mad at Victor for killing Saya. But Victor says he didn't actually kill her. And Dixie Ma Brandy here is super busted up still because Marcus shot her in the belly. And right. uh, they decide they all need to work together to get out alive. So they have teamed up. So we mentioned this page briefly before, but this is probably the best full page spread in the book here. And it's a little bit hard to explain. It's almost something you have to like look at this spread to understand it. But it is simply amazing. You have Marcus, Victor, and Brandy running out of the hotel room door. And they're running around the upper staircase of this hotel. So they're, they're, they're like on floor two. And there's a staircase that kind of wraps around. They're running. And it's drawn as though we're watching them run. Because we see three of each of them on the page. And each time... Like the character is progressing further and killing more Yakuza. So we can like at the door of the hotel room, as they come out, we see all three of them. Then further around yeah. the staircase, we see all three of them again shooting some some other Yakuza. Then further ahead, we see three of them again. So it's almost like they're trying to show us their progression through the um like this area with all these yakuza around and they're just they're shooting in all different directions killing so many of them uh it was really cool really neat way to show like what they're trying to show is motion here they're trying to give us the illusion yeah. that they're actually really quickly trying to escape and trying to run around this staircase but you don't often see like a, the same character drawn three times on one page just to show you know, the movement of that character. So it was, it was pretty cool. I liked it a lot. Now this whole time that they're running, uh, Marcus is only thinking of Maria and how he needs to uh, keep her safe. Um, he says that's, that's the only thing that uh, is keeping him going is Maria. So he's always inner monologuing about stuff and that's his inner monologue here. Yeah. And just after, um, after they do finish that sort of um, run around the balcony, there's a great page of them. It looks like they're falling. Maybe they jumped instead of going down the stairs. Maybe they jumped from that balcony because the very next page is them all falling down with like Yakuza on their backs, Yakuza at their fronts, and they're all just sort of dropping down in the panel. You don't even see any sort of um, railings or staircase or any of the area we're in. You just kind of see everyone dropping down. So I just realized now, I think they jumped. I think they're falling down. Mm-hmm. So Marcus and Victor ditch Brandy so that she can get some medical assistance and they fight off the remaining Yakuza. They're both completely exhausted, but now that they're free from the Yakuza for the moment, they decide to square off and Marcus says, this is it. One of us is going to die. It's what we've, it's what we've been waiting for, right? Like we want this, we want this moment. So to start the next chapter, we get a beautiful multi-panel page painted in watercolor, which is just stunning. We, we've seen pages like this before in the book. This one, another beautiful kind of standout page. Um, yeah. And it's Seiya enjoying like a mountain valley. And then the very next page is all black. And it's Seiya chained to the wall in a dark room. And Kenji is there and tells of his Yakuza 
who are currently killing Seiya's friends. And then he shows Seiya their dead mother who he killed. So this is like yeah. just continuing this guy's cool arc of being an asshole. Yeah, they're like, just in case you forgot from the last volume that you absolutely hate this fucker. Yeah. Here we go. We'll show it to you again. Right. Just in case you forgot that he killed the mother in the last yeah. volume. Yeah. Here she is because he kept her and tied her to a chair and kept her as you would, I guess. So horrible. So horrible. Oh, yeah. You hate this guy. So back in Mexico. I hate this guy. The Federales are now hunting down the king's crew as well. Yeah. And Helmet is ready to give up. He's been shot. He's ready just to call it. Um, but Petra tells him no way. She says a couple days earlier, she was ready to kill herself. But Helmet stepped in and she's stepping in now. She says they're stealing a car and they're getting out of here. It's a big deal. Helmet's Helmet's a tough dude. Yeah. We have not seen this guy want to give up. We wouldn't even think it. Never. From what we've read so far. And so that just shows you the situation they're in right now. And it is Petra who's going to pull him out because he wants to do that for her. It's great. Yeah, it's a nice, nice flipperoo. They call that a flipperoo. Yeah. In case you oh, didn't do, know. Yeah, that's right. They do call it a flipperoo. You're right. Now, Marcus and Victor continue their epic fight. Marcus keeps reminding himself of the way he's been wronged throughout his life so that he can stay conscious. Right. And to keep up his anger so he can stay in this fight. Now, eventually, Victor is able to pin Marcus underwater. And he's like, got him. He's choking him and he's got his face under the water and he's definitely got the upper hand here. But from there, we quickly cut to Tasawi and Z hiding in a cupboard. And we finally get a flashback sequence for Z here. Right. Yeah. We speculated about her and her history. Yeah. But we yeah. get to see what happened. We um, basically what we get here is we get to find out whether or not she actually killed her parents, which is what we kind of were yeah. wondering before. And holy shit, did she ever kill them? I mean, she did. Wow. It. She killed she the shit it. out of them. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> it's uh, it's quite the story. Uh, not really going to get into it here, but her parents no. didn't treat her all that well. And no, she no, no, basically no. snapped and killed them both with yeah. a hammer. And it, I, I love the placement of it. Um, I love that we're in a situation where they're hiding, they're stuck, um, and she's kind of being a little bit weird from what we've seen or like what's really happening here. And then they flash back, they show us what's going on, and then we cut back to where they are hiding. And now we have all this new information and we get to watch further. And now we kind of have a better understanding of where this might be going. And I've been watching a lot of... Uh, lost lately tim and this just reminds me of that like it's just such a great placement of this situation flashback to how we right. now get more information sure. and know maybe when we flash back to that moment now we have more information of what right. this character might do when we started we didn't know we had no idea and i had i got that feeling and it, that kind of thing just makes me so excited for the flashback getting back oh yeah get me back to where she's hiding in that cupboard i want to see what's going to happen now yeah yeah good point lost is really good at that yeah 
did Damon Lindelof write this uh, this issue? I hey, I don't think so, but it seems like it. It's, it's got that feel. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was Remender. <laughs> I, I think so too. No, nobody else. I'm got, um, Remender is a pretty good comic. No, nobody else but Remender could write this. Yeah. Now, as we've been jumping around from like these groups of characters because they're all kind of. Um, They've all been separated by the Yakuza because they all just had to bolt when they were getting yeah. like shot at. So we get to Maria, who's stuck with Quan, and she knows he's double-crossed them and is demanding an explanation from him. And he kind of spills because he has to, but he says that he got caught owing Kenji a favor. And because of that, Kenji now basically owns him. And... It's cool because Maria seemed to understand that. Like, that made sense to her. She understood how, like, a small thing could spiral into a bigger thing. And I feel like in a way she respected it, um, obviously, because she didn't kill him here. She left him. She just, um, you know, she she took off after uh, Quan actually explained that Seiya was still alive. Yeah. So that was yeah, news to totally. her. She didn't know that. And then she just, uh, Maria just kind of takes off leaving Quan there. It was an interesting, yeah, Maria, interesting moment. Yeah. Maria is a very uh, understanding character. I feel like that's what we've gotten in many situations um, that uh, she, she understands that people can be in tough situations and that something like that could spiral out of control. Um, I love, like, we love Maria. Oh, yeah. Um, she did not, she started this volume without the face paint on and then as soon as they were like had a chance to they were in battle and they were in a fight she didn't have the face paint on but as soon as they ran away and they got somewhere where they got a second she puts it on yeah i love it i love it i love this that like like i'm putting this on because it is war it's your war paint it is time to fight it's her war paint it's so cool i love it we don't really see her put it on just all of a sudden she'll just have it on and you know what happened yeah um she's so awesome i also love the splitting up of like the groups, yeah, it's fun. It, it sort of reminds me of like like an X Men type thing where you want to see this and this person together and see what they're going to be like. It's it's really fun to have these different groups of two basically right now, um, where they have to figure out how to fight together. Yeah, it's cool also because like nobody. It took a long time for for someone to pick up on Quan, like that Quan oh, yeah, was totally. a traitor. Um, yeah. I think was it Saya who first figured it out, or did Saya even figure it out? Is is Maria the first one who's actually figuring out that Quan is a traitor? Well, Saya figured it out on the uh, wrong side well, of sure. the sword after she got stabbed yeah. by him. But I'm wondering if she figured. Yeah. It, I don't think she figured it out before that. So Not basically, before that. Nope. what you have here is you have a bunch of people who have been a, been around Quan for a long time who have no idea that he's a traitor, yeah. and Maria yeah. encounters him in Mexico. They're together for probably maybe one day, and she already knows that he's the traitor as soon as these Yakuza show up. She's so intuitive. True. Right? There was, That's true. We're given no information as to why Maria knows he's a traitor. She just knows. Yeah. We love, Maria we love Maria. Yeah. I'm wrong. Marcus isn't the hero. Maria's the hero. Uh, that I would agree with. That I would agree with. Yeah. 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 I take it back. Okay. Noted. Stricken from the record. Stricken, yeah, stricken, stricken from the podcast. <laughs> I'll cut that out. I'll cut out that piece for you. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Thank Call you. Marcus, your hero. Wouldn't want that on there. <laughs> Wouldn't want me saying that on the podcast. When we get to the oh, end no. and explain <laughs> some stuff, 
and, and you think he's the hero? People might be not not liking you so much anymore. There, thank kid, goodness kid. you're cutting it out, Tim. Yeah, I'm for sure. I for sure. I'm writing down right thank now you. to do that. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Here, this is my reputation is at stake right. here. I heard it. I heard it. I made a note. My reputation of having different ideas than other people is at stake. Oh, yeah. Here. Your reputation of having an opinion is at stake. <laughs> it's at stake. Uh, so we see Dixie Mob Brandy has been found by a couple of Yakuza. And she's been bleeding out for quite a while now. Yeah, totally. She got shot a long time ago. She got shot a volume ago. <laughs> <laughs> volume yeah volume tim that's like three months she got, ago she got she shot, got shot like, ago. yeah she got shot like seriously like 10 weeks ago she got shot yeah <laughs> uh yeah so she's bleeding out um but guess what she is still able to kill these two yakuza dudes even though one of them has a machine gun pointed on her head and it doesn't stop there either as immediately after that we see Z show up to try to kill Brandy. They've got some history. Totally. They yeah. hate each other. Z's taking this opportunity to kill Brandy. We also have never seen Brandy fight before. So I was, I was, I jumped over it a little bit here, but Brandy just like pulled out some serious moves, killing those two dudes. Totally. I thought, Dude. like, I thought Brandy would be a pushover. Anybody could take her out. Yeah. That is not the case. Yeah. She clearly has been doing her studies, right? Like Brandy, yeah, Brandy kicks ass in this volume. She is with a bullet in her gut. Like, this is some impressive Brandy. Like, oh, it's, it's incredible. It's, it's a point. Yeah, it's incredible. It's a point where there's like certain characters that I just like don't care about because you know they just don't make an impact. Um, it's not necessarily I like them or I don't because they're heroes or villains. I, I don't really want to. I'm not really getting into that. I just mean like she didn't really make a huge impact. And then in this volume, it's like wow, like Brandy is a character in this book that really matters. Like she really made a huge impact on me in this book. Not that I like her because she's definitely the villain, but I like her character for the story. Yeah, I've always liked her in this book. Yeah. I don't know why, for whatever reason. It's it's her group, like her Dixie mob was funny, right? Like, right, it's totally. A, it's yeah. a funny character. It's a funny group of people. She's yeah. legacy. She's one of the legacy characters. Mm -hmm. and all those characters are like pretty powerful and i didn't really know how mm -hmm. she got in as legacy this makes sense though we just haven't seen we know yeah we haven't seen the stuff in the in the classes right we haven't seen what like marks she gets what grades she gets she's probably like getting a pluses in the uh uh hand-to-hand -hand combat class oh for yeah sure she's incredible so that was really cool that, that they kind of like unleashed her they let her loose here definitely and Z, we know Z is a very tough, very tough person, very large. Um, and Brandy just handles her, just yeah. handles her. I was so surprised as well at that. Extremely surprising. Like, I thought that this was going to be done quickly. So surprising. Yeah. Like, leg scissors her and smashes oh. Z's head into a brick wall. Yeah, so strong with those legs like it was incredible i think z's gonna get killed here she, she's like brandy's gonna kill her except tasawi shows up and this dude does what he loves to do he loves to pop out of nowhere and hit you in the face with his skateboard 
I think I'll never get tired of that. I'll never I get won't. tired of him popping out of nowhere and hitting someone in the face with a skateboard. It's just there's something about it that I always want to see. It's it. good. I never know I want it until it happens. Yeah, they kind of like write the sound on the page and I can hear it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah he just got that. One. He got her good. Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you think that might be enough to stop her, though, but that's not enough. She pops no. right back up and cuts off four of his fingers. His fingers. His fingers. Four of them. Gone. Off. Four fingers. Gone. Yeah. Chopped off. In one slice. In one slice. Gone. Four of them. Yeah. Not getting hit with that skateboard again, I don't think. They're on the ground. He says he yeah. needs them. <laughs> it's like, I need my fingers. <laughs> of course. I need my fingers. he needs them. <laughs> of course. <laughs> he does. He needs them. That's the right, re- that's the appropriate reaction. <laughs> Nave, somebody please gather my fingers for me. Reminds me of uh, Navin R. Johnson. I could use fingers. <laughs> I could use, I, I need fingers. I could fingers. use fingers. I could use them. <laughs> yeah, anyways, I mean, uh, completely not expecting any of that to happen. It was really awesome. A lot of fun. Um, so Z and Tasawi take off. They're like, well, okay, Brandy's like going to kill us both here. She's, she's, yeah, we need to get the hell out of here. She's badass legacy. Yeah, we got to get out of here. So they take off running, quickly get picked up by Helmet and Petra, who have the car that they were talking about getting. Now, back, exactly. back to Marcus and Victor. As much as I'm enjoying this whole fight between them, I just get the feeling like something is surely going to happen to break up this fight they're having, this epic fight. Like, I guess yeah. I'm, at, I'm at the point in the book where I'm thinking like neither of these two are going to kill each other. It's not going to happen because we've seen it a few times before we've seen these like encounters with Victor with, with Marcus and with other characters and, and nobody like, I don't know. I'm not worried that Marcus is going to die. I'm not worried that Victor is going to die. Yeah, so Victor's in total control of this fight, and we know Marcus isn't going to die. He already died, and they, you know, they brought him back. I feel like there's just no killing him again. I don't know, like, yeah. I don't I don't know where this story goes, but I feel like we're safe on Marcus. He's not going to be, he's not going to die in this story. Um, Victor, Victor is, is, I was in a situation where I was like, they could do that because they do a lot of things that shock me in this story, but, like, I feel like Victor, people love Victor. Like, I feel like Vic, the story needs Victor. Mm-hmm. So I was also feeling that I was feeling like, I don't think Victor is going to die also in this confrontation. Um, but it could happen. That's to me, that was the only possibility of someone dying was maybe it could be Victor if they want to go that way. Yeah, it could. I just, in this moment, I wasn't getting that vibe. I, same. I wasn't really feeling that. I was feeling like same with you. Something is going to happen here. And also because Victor's in total control of the fight. I was like, something definitely is going to happen here. So Marcus continues to get beat and pushed under the water until he accepts his fate. He tells himself he's bored, bored of the effort, bored of failing, bored of the pain, bored of losing the people he loves, and he's bored of himself. Tim, I like this part. I like the word bored because in this situation... What I would use, I feel like what a lot of writers would use is tired. I'm tired of the pain. I'm tired of of 
myself. I'm tired of failing. That's true. And I think that word is also correct. But bored really makes you think about it a little more of what that means. What does it mean that you're tired of it? Like he's just so done. He doesn't even want to try anymore because he's so bored with doing it. Like I don't have that motivation anymore to even carry on because I'm bored of it. I just thought that was a very interesting word choice and I really liked it. That's a good point. Yeah, it's um, it definitely has a completely different tone to it than using tired. T- For sure. Tired, yes, tired exactly. alludes to like he's exhausted. He can't continue on with it. Yeah. Bored is he doesn't want to because not yeah. because he's tired, not because he's exhausted, but because he's not interested in it anymore. It's just not. Yeah. Not, trying not, doesn't interest him anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I like that. But what happens just before? Marcus is going to get killed because he's given up. He's finally decided his fate. Maria comes in and slashes Victor in the back and she beats the shit out of him and then rushes over to Marcus. Now, I mean, come on, like, bro, Marcus softened Victor up. Bro, Marcus softened Victor up for her, right? Come on, come on. (laughs) No chance, man. Soften. Come on. Maria came in fresh. Victor just been in a big fight. Maria kicked ass. Maria's wearing this huge dress that when she like kicks, it's just this (laughs) big flutter of her dress. She's so awesome, man. I don't think Marcus did any softening Marcus softened him up. Marcus was beating on him for a bit. The Yakuza were beating on him. Look, come on. I love it. Maria took this guy out. I know. It was great. It's great. (laughs) So Maria gives Marcus a gun and he walks over to Victor, points it at Victor's head. And then that like hallucination or memory of Willie from last volume shows up again. Right. Right. And damn, man, it got heavy here. And I loved it. I love when this book gets heavy and it got heavy here. Marcus clearly wants to kill Victor for what he's done to Willie. But Willie's telling Marcus that this isn't in Marcus's character to just kill in cold blood like this. Right. And I love this part so much because Victor's just egging Marcus on. He's just tell he's like, do it. Like, kill me. He's like, you're a loser. Marcus, you're a loser. Yeah. You've never been better than me. You've never beaten me. The times you think you beat me, you cheated. Uh, look at what yeah. just happened here. I was about to kill you. Your girlfriend came in and saved you. He's like, he's egging him on so hard with totally. this guy who's got a gun to his head. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's so, it's so interesting. Um, yeah. Victor's telling them that they're just jealous of his superiority. <laughs> it's like, totally. He's saying I know, all like- the right things to get shot here definitely (laughs) just from his like from his opening line with a gun in his face he says here it is soft boy's revenge yeah (laughs) he just calls him soft boy like right away jabs great soft boy gets his revenge here it is we've all seen it there's just so many times where you just think marcus is gonna pull the trigger but he's fighting it off um but they keep going back and forth arguing until marcus brings up petra's name and victor asks Marcus if Petra told him the story about how she became legacy. Hmm. He says, did Petra tell you about Billy? And dude, my eyes went like all the way open, googly eyed wide here. I was just like, oh man, this is intense because Marcus doesn't know that Petra killed Billy. We know, 
because we read it, but Marcus yeah. doesn't know. Like, um, he never found out, right? He never found out. No. And we might forget, but Petra is someone that is actually really close to him. It's someone that when Maria was gone and, you know, Saya wasn't really talking to him anymore, Petra was someone who he hung out with, who he could talk to, who he could share his, like, feelings with and his pain with. He went through a very difficult part of his life with Petra. So it's not just this, like, it is someone we haven't seen. They haven't been together, you know, in a while, but they were very close at one point in this book. And this is devastating to Marcus. We go back to those earlier volumes and like it was they had the crew dynamic, like the people who were together yeah. in that crew, Saya, Petra, Billy, Willie, Marcus, they were all tight with each other, right? Some of them were tighter with individuals and others, but they were all uh, Maria in there as well. They're all this tight group, right? So they, they definitely have, you know, a, a past and a relationship. Um, For sure. So Marcus learning and Victor didn't even have to say anything really. He's just like, did Petra tell you about Billy? And he knew Marcus knew and that news sends him. I loved it. It sends him falling backwards to the ground. Like, yeah, it's almost as if Victor had punched him in the face physically, but he didn't. He just told him news that sent Marcus flying back on his butt. And very, very cool. Yeah. Marcus is screaming. No over and over and over again he grabs the gun he runs over to victor and then we get this full page where our view is pulled way back from the action we see the silhouettes of marcus maria and victor kind of small in the horizon and we see that marcus has pulled the trigger and there's a Mm -hmm. big word bang on the page what a great page man like you, Great you build it up that like that issue. Oh man. So I want to ask you, if Dean, I, go, oh, go ahead yeah. first. Go ahead quick. I was just going to say, if I'm reading this thing month to month. Oh yes. You bet your ass. I am counting down the days until the next issue comes out. I am hitting, I'm going to the comic store on Wednesday. Oh, totally. I'm picking up my 10 books and this is the top of the stack. I'm walking across yeah. the street to Starbucks and cracking it open immediately. 100%. I often don't think about like the issue to issue because I because I only read these in like the volumes yeah. when the volumes come out. That's how I read them. So that's a great point though. If Man, this would have been a tough, <laughs> a tough one to pause on month. and wait You'd a have month to wait for a the month, next man. one. That'd be tough. But I want to ask you here. Because I was reading yeah. this for the first time, same as you were. Yeah. Do you want Victor dead here? Do you want a close to the Marcus and Victor story arc? Um, no, I don't. Okay. I want a close to their arc at, the, okay. at this moment. Um, there's been enough of back and forth between them that I'm ready for something to change. I'm tired of the chase the chase and like the fight and then Mm -hmm. the chase and then the fight i want i want it over with so you didn't want that explain i would say i want something new um but when i read this i didn't want the end to be like this i have been i have been let down by marcus before when reading him in this story and i feel like here like this, just being angry about Petra, and that's why he shoots um, Victor, for me, wouldn't have felt quite right. So I 
didn't want the end of Marcus and Victor this way, I guess is how I would say it. If he just bested him in a fight on the boat, I'm totally cool with that. I would have been totally fine with that. And I would have been like, yeah, awesome. I like that close. I'm great with that. I think it's how they left it off that he just got super angry over somebody else. And that's what's going to make him pull the trigger on this guy. That was too much for me. Like I was, I was like, oh man, I got to really, I got to see where we're going here. Um, I a hundred percent, uh, was like just really looking forward to what was going to come up next, not knowing like how it was going to turn out. Right. That's fair. So when I see a panel like this, where we're, we're so far pulled back, yeah, we, we don't know for sure if he's been killed, right? Cause they don't just, yeah. you know, distinctively show you. So that issue ends and I'm left to think for a moment, uh, I do pause in my reading, even though I can just flip to the next issue, I for pause sure. and yeah. I think, what do I want to have happen here? Do I want Victor to be dead? Do I want Victor to be alive? And I came to the conclusion that I wanted him dead. Um, just just, oh, because, I was, okay. just yeah. because I was ready for something new. I wanted, just, I wanted to shake up in the book. So I'm like, well, yeah. if he's not dead, it's just more of the same we're going to get on to. So I was like, yep, I'm okay, okay, I'm ready for it. So yeah, when I got to this point, I'd take that pause as well. And I thought, what do I think happened? I think at this moment, he just killed Victor. That's what I think. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, so we go back to the book. Marcus is standing in the water. The waves are red with blood. He's looking at the gun in his hand. And then we see that Victor is still alive. Mm -hmm. And Marcus has a bit of a heart to heart with Victor here. He opens up to Victor the way that only Marcus can, the way that Marcus opens up in these moments we've talked about before, where he makes people feel so comfortable because he opens up to them. And he, yeah, he does that for the first time with Victor. And he basically says, like, he, he throws that gun that he has down into the sand. And he says to Victor, if you want us dead so bad... If that's like your pursuit is so much just to kill us, then here, just do it. So he just like flips everything. He's like, here, you can, you can kill us. Go ahead. We don't care yeah. anymore. We're just tired of it. And I love that because that's what I was tired of. I was tired of this, like being hunted yep. down by Victor or like trying to be exactly trying to get better grade, like trying to kill this guy so you can get a better grade than the other guys. I was kind of getting burnt out by that. And apparently so is Marcus. And he's like, I, yeah. oh, this is so, it was so great. Here's what's great about this. Okay. Okay. Here we go. I got remembered. I got remembered right here because I'm feeling exhausted, not exhausted, but I'm feeling bored. <laughs> I was going to say tired, but I'm saying I was feeling bored with a certain nice. scenario in this book. And at the exact first moment that I'm feeling bored with Marcus and Victor's relationship, remember switches it. He somehow senses that maybe nice. people are starting to feel bored by the scenario and he changes it completely. Yes. Amazing. I, that, I, that's why Remender is my it, number one dude. That is, that is, act, yeah, absolutely amazing. Um, that's the way I was feeling for, like, I didn't want him dead in that moment, but I was feeling the same thing. I want a switch up. I want something to happen here. He gives it to us in that moment. I think Remender is so good at doing what kind of needs to be done in comics but still keeping us guessing about it. So like when Marcus yeah. died, 
Marcus kind of has to come back. He doesn't, he can't stay dead, but he does it in a way that when he brings Marcus back, I'm shocked. Yeah. And I'm like, I am totally on board. I'm not, I'm not rolling my eyes at this. And then it's the same here. After that trigger's pulled, I'm thinking, okay, well, I mean, if he's not dead, he's just doing the comic book thing where I didn't kill the guy. I didn't kill my enemy, but he does it in a way that totally explains it to me of, of like how I was feeling. Basically, he tells me exactly what I was feeling. And I was like, yeah, this is the best way about this. You did it. You you somehow did the thing that you're supposed to do in comics, but still I'm not rolling my eyes. I'm actually loving it. Yeah, for sure. So Marcus walking away from, from the beach and from Victor, he tells Maria, the road out isn't revenge. It's to forgive the monsters. And the two of them walk away. So that was so great. That that was such a great mm-hmm. moment. Such a great ending. That could easily have been the end of this volume. Easily. But there's more to go. I'm feeling all sorts of feelings. I'm like, I'm exhausted from the read. My emotions are going, you know, bananas. And then I realize there's more. And I just think... That could have been the ending, but I'm so looking forward to what could possibly come next because this was such yeah. a peak. And you know, you know that Remender is going to write you out on even a higher peak, right? I was so stoked for, to, I was so stoked to read on. Totally. And I think it's another comic book thing where you're just like, okay, yeah, like we do all the action. This whole volume has been action. Um, we've done it all up to the, up until this point. Now, when we start this, issue we know okay we're we're starting to think a bit we're starting to like break down what these actions what this fight was all about and this is going to be a little bit more of like a low-key issue and you know that happens that initial thing happens and then we turn the page and we're back in the action like i'm like okay okay let's get back to it all right let's do it yeah this book was full of action dude so full so helmet petra z and tasawi are trying to drive out of town in their new car when Brandy jumps out, guns down the car, and makes them smash into a telephone pole. Come on. Come on, dude. The Federal Brandy's good. She's awesome. She's she's starting yeah. to become my new favorite. It's kind of. <laughs> the Federales show up again. They're, they always seem to be like a step behind. But the Federales show up. Marcus and Maria show up here. And Marcus finds himself in an alley with Petra trying to escape all the gunfire. Marcus tells Petra they all need to get together and get off the street. And now knowing what he knows about Billy and Petra, he also says to Petra that he knows what she did. And that it's okay. That he forgives her. And the rampaging Brandy finds them in the alley. And cracks Marcus with a piece of wood. Brandy then goes for Petra. Marcus is trying to get up to help her because Petra doesn't have any weapons or anything. She's kind of helpless. Marcus is lying on the ground trying to get up to help her until his inner monologue starts saying, you don't forgive her. And he said it over and over and over again. And I took it as a like a reason for him not to get up off the ground. It's like he he wants to get up. But then he's telling himself, you don't forgive her. So he's not getting up. And Marcus basically lies there doing nothing as Brandy cuts Petra's throat. Now, this was a very hard moment for me because I've been a real big fan of Petra in this book. 
So it was a bit yeah. rough for me to see her, you know, get her her throat slashed here. Definitely. Um, yeah, it's it's really just a tough couple of pages. Marcus down on the ground, Petra getting her throat slashed, and then, you know, helmet running in. It's just, it's very shocking um, to see, for one, your your main character who just made like this great decision not to kill his like number one enemy then just get kind of knocked to the ground and then have this monologue with himself that like you said is basically telling himself not to get up and help um which i agree with that i do i do agree that that's the monologue going on in his head that he's not getting up and helping because of that um and then petra a character we like but we know made one bad choice who she feels horrible about it. We know she feels horrible about it. Um, get her throat slashed. And then, you know, Helmet, who's just had this recent connection with her running in. It's it's all just a lot. Like, it's just, we're in this one small alleyway and everything is kind of just coming to that point. And it, it's, a, I mean, it's good for the last issue, but like, definitely my emotions are high at this point. I'm with you. Oh, for sure. Yeah, so you're saying Helmet came running over. He, he runs over to petra the like the bleeding petra he's trying to stop yeah. the bleeding like he's like screaming mm-hmm. we need help he's trying to stop it he says he loves her he picks her up and with the rest of the crew they all like run off of the street but it's yeah. very a very tough scene um i hadn't really thought about this before but just us talking about it right now i think it's really cool how Remender hasn't done anything really with Brandy so far in this whole series. And we've mentioned that she hasn't done much. And on top of that, she's shot in the stomach at the beginning of this book to further put her in a place of not being able to do much. And yet she is like the fiercest lion in this book. And I think it's just so interesting to see her character come so alive in this issue, like the Yakuza aren't even the thing to be worried about in this issue. The 147 or however many Yakuza, it's her, it's Brandy. Brandy, who's been shot yeah. and bleeding out for 10 weeks. She is like the most dangerous thing in this book. <laughs> and she's doing 100%. the most damage. It's like, yeah. it. there's no way you could have ever thought that this was what was going to happen in this book with Brandy. Because they've shown you nothing, nothing of her. Yeah. It's really great writing. It's um, it's actually incredible. Like if you if you leave us off at volume six and you say like, what are some predictions for volume seven? Nobody in the world, I will say that I will definitively say no one in the world says that in volume seven because we left off volume six. Brandy's got a bullet in her stomach. She's just gonna bleed out and die. Right? I'm expecting like, her to die. Hundred percent. In volume seven. She, Brandy, is going to get her revenge on Petra because Petra is the one who gave her that funny voice yep. um, that, you know, in volume six, she had the the deep voice because of the of Petra um, exploding something in her face. Brandy is going to get her revenge on Petra and kick everybody's ass in the process. You could not see this thing coming. And that's why I love this guy. That's why I love this writing. Like, I just don't know what's coming next. And it's always fantastic. It's not just in there to shock me because I couldn't guess. It's not just like, oh, here, you would never have been able to guess this. It's more just like revealing this character to me 
um, in a in a way that just is so exciting because I could never see it coming. Yeah. No doubt. It's so great. So great. I love it. I love it so much. I know. It's it it's I love that there's this small aspect to this book that is just like, nope, never would have guessed that. Never. Brandy kicking ass. Never would have guessed it. Yep. Now, this group barely get one block before they run into the Yakuza. And that piece of shit Quan points out who Marcus is. Just like that. He's just Damn like it, they're, the guy in the black, right there. That's who you want. But then he Come on, man. Then he says that the Yakuza need to let the others live. That was the agreement. The head of the Yakuza says, fuck that. And tells them to shoot everyone except Marcus. And then that Yakuza dude gets sniped. How? Bro. Bro. Bro, he got sniped. I am so hyped at that moment and i you know bet. you are too i mean i'm almost jumping out of my seat at this moment yeah it is so i don't even know man it's 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 so many words it's cool it's like yeah. emotional it's exciting it's like what i don't even like basically obviously what happens here is victor has decided yeah. to for the moment, maybe it's a team up. Maybe he's kind of like yeah. changed his colors here, but he's there saving Marcus. He's there saving the King's Dominion crew up in his tower, sniping Yakuza like we know he can do because he sniped Willie. I love it. I love it, man. It's the Terminator turning good. It's Terminator 2. It's like this guy's been a pain in everyone's ass and Marcus just was real with him. Like he wasn't trying to talk him out of anything marcus had the upper hand he had the gun in his face and he was just real with them threw the gun down and victor whatever took that to heart i don't know i don't know what he was doing in the meantime but he got himself to a nice spot up in the tower and he sniped those yakuza he helped them out i'm so pumped as soon as the bang goes off and like there's blood in the air i know exactly what's happened i mean victor's the very next panel but i like as soon as i see that guy get shot in the head i'm like yes i know what's going on here i love the team up come on we love victor i love the team dude up. we love him he's sniping yakuza he's sniping federales he pops out of the tower he tells the king's dominion crew to run and he will cover them and it's just an amazing moment man it's um this is the perfect way to do the Victor story arc. So mm -hmm. as I'm reading it before I mentioned, I was bored with it. Like I want Victor to get killed in that moment because I'm bored with the scenario. Right. So great. They change it. They don't kill him. They do something better. You know, they do something yeah. better. They, they flip. They just change the scenario. I said flip way too many times this episode, but they change the scenario <laughs> and they give Victor like this kind of a new path, this new interesting path. And I'll be honest with you. I really hope this continues into the next volume. I hope that this wasn't just a thing where Victor's like, Oh, Me I too. was trying to save Brandy. I don't care about you guys. Yeah. I really hope there's some sort of a team up that could go on with Victor and Marcus. Cause I think that would be so awesome and so interesting and so fun and funny. So I really hope they yeah. go that way, but this was exactly, you know, the right thing to do. It's to have Victor have this moment where he turns around and helps these guys out. And 
Yeah, I just thought it was great. So the King's crew, they get into a car, they take off, and they go to Tasawi's grandparents' farm. And Petra has died. Mm-hmm. Helmet is mourning her big time. And he mm-hmm. wonders if Marcus was in some way responsible for this. And we see Marcus monologuing to himself like he loves to do. And he says that you can forgive someone and still hate them. He walks over to Petra's grave where Helmet stands. He walks beside Helmet and he says that he loved her too. Helmet says he heard Petra was responsible for the death of one of Marcus's friends. Marcus says yes, but he forgave her for that. Helmet says maybe, but maybe he didn't. But it doesn't mm-hmm. matter now. Not to her, anyway. And the end. Yeah, good ending. Um, Tim, here's why Marcus is still the hero for me. Because when he was on the ground, and that voice was saying, you don't forgive her, you don't forgive her, you don't forgive her. The beginning of that, before it started saying, you don't forgive her, you don't forgive her, it said, the bad voice, colon. And then it was, you don't forgive her, you don't forgive her. And from the very first volume, Marcus said in that volume, the bad, the bad voice tells him things. And he's trying to not let that bad voice win. He's trying to have the good voice win over that. And for me, that the bad voice comes in at this time and tells him not to save this person that killed his friend, that betrayed him, um, it just keeps him human to me. So I, I feel like he is the hero still, but that moment just kind of shows us like he's still human he's still pissed off in these certain moments so he's not the perfect hero but in this type of story i think he's still the hero to me sure fair enough i i i I get that yeah um yeah for me i think he knows what the bad voice is he knows about it now Um, I think earlier the bad voice was something he didn't recognize. He didn't know what it was. It was something that was causing him to act a certain way. He's had so much reflection and so many different circumstances he's been involved in that he knows what that bad voice is. He recognizes it. And I think he recognized it in this instant. And yes, he said the bad voice is talking, but I think he's had other opportunities where he's pushed that bad voice out. But I think what he did here was he let that bad voice creep in. He decided not to fight it. He decided to let it take him over and he decided to not help Petra and let her die because like he says, he still hates her. He forgives her, Mm -hmm. but he hates her. I don't think you can forgive someone and still hate them. I don't know if that's like, if you still hate someone, then you haven't truly forgiven them. So I don't think he ever forgave her in the first place. Maybe he said the words, but he didn't like in his yeah. heart forgive her. He's he and here's the thing is he just learned about that. How could he possibly have the time to process all that information? Like his friend Billy got killed by her. You can't just in like two minutes be like, oh, okay, I forgive you. He needs to process that information. He didn't get that chance to do that. I don't think he forgave her. I think he yeah. was very happy that she died. Um, and he's probably, you know, it's probably easier for him than doing it himself. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Just lying on the ground for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. And yeah, it's, 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 I mean, 
his his comment like earlier when, when he let victor live to, to maria he says the road out isn't revenge it's to forgive mm-hmm. the monsters well i mean i would think that petra in his eyes would be considered a monster so he didn't forgive her he let her die so i don't know what that means i don't know like yeah no i told it's so for me it's like petra was actually a friend he actually was close to petra he trusted her at one point he's never trusted victor he trusted petra at one point and she betrayed him so that's like it's definitely him in a in a state letting his bad side whatever letting that win letting that take over because he wants her dead i do believe that he wants her dead um and it it does show that he is not a he's not a perfect hero for sure i think i think we're kind of like i think we agree on the same thing that happened in that alley um but we just have a different idea on whether that makes him a hero yeah okay so here i mean I'll, i'll i'll go a little bit further here I think what we're going to see in the next volume is we're going to see Marcus not doing good things. I think we're going to see hmm. him take a take okay. a turn to doing things that aren't quite as good. I could be completely wrong. Okay. Um, I just yeah. get the feeling that since he let Petra die there, that was a very yeah. bad thing to do for, for, for a sure. character yeah. to do. It's, it's really weird, though, right? Like, he lets Victor live, and then he lets yeah. Petra die. He lets his enemy live. He lets his friend die. So it's... I'm curious to see where it goes. I think, I don't know. I think he's going to start leaning towards doing things that are questionable, more questionable than what yeah. we've seen him do in the past few volumes. So that's why I think I mean, that makes, he's yeah. not the hero. That's why I think he's trending not to be the hero here. It makes sense. Um, it totally, that, 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 that absolutely makes sense to me that he would, cause like that moment is him letting his kind of emotions get in the way. I think that like, I trusted her and then she betrayed me. So I'm okay with her dying where it's Victor. It's like, I can be logical about this. I don't need him to die. And he's got no like super, he's got no emotional connection to Victor, right? So he can just make that decision. So I could totally see it going that way that he just is now going to make all these bad decisions based on sort of his feelings and his, his, how he, um, yeah, how he feels about a situation. Yeah. But I don't know. The beauty of it is, you know, who knows way better than I do is Remender. And luck- luckily, he's the one writing the story. So whatever it's right. going to be, it's going right. to be amazing. And <laughs> yeah. we'll share it with everybody in like 10 weeks or something like that. Something right. like Some, that something around that time. Maybe it'll be yeah. quicker. I don't yeah. know. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I wonder if my I wonder if my getting in the zone of Batman early on is what like made me on his side. Because I'm I'm totally like still towards the end. I'm still like, he's my hero. And he's never really been my hero before. He's been my main character, but he's never been my hero. And in this moment, I know it was like a moment of weakness, but also when it was prefaced by the bad voice, I was like, okay, well, maybe that's something else happening there. Like I was still on board yeah. with him, which is, I yeah, I think it's interesting that I, I had that Frank Miller and that Batman idea early on that it kind of shaped the way I, I looked at the volume. Yeah, I hear you. I like, I like your point of view on it. Um... Yeah, I just did. I didn't see it that way, but that, totally, that yeah. doesn't mean that that's Tim. the that I'm right. I like your point of view. Thank you. I like I like There's if we went po- multiple onto the next volume and he's doing all these questionable things. It totally makes sense. I like. I that. like the multiple point of views. We usually do that. We yeah. usually have like differing point of views on of stuff. Of course, so. of course. That's why we talk to each other about stuff. That's right. We got a lot of stuff done this episode, Dean. I'm very happy about it. I feel very good. 
Me too. Um, I feel great. I love this volume, my number one volume. Oh, Me we too. really, really quickly, let's talk about covers. What's your favorite cover? Oh, so, I mean, I, I, I want it. Okay. So easy for me. It's, um, let me, it's the third one. Me I, too. What issue is that? 34. Issue 34. 34. Me too, dude. Me it's, too. It, it's, it's incredible. hands down the best. I tried, I tried to look at the others and give them like some more thought, but 34 is hands down the best for me. And it honestly, it comes down to the colors. Yeah. I love how that cover is colored. It's amazing. It's, it's Victor holding um marcus underwater we talked about that fight and it's him holding him underwater and so you see marcus underwater and everything above the water the people like victor is pink and any part of marcus that is out of the water is pink and the background is white and everything in the water the water is pink and Marcus is white and any hands that are going into the water like Victor's hands is going into the water is white it's just such a cool color flip from the top of the issue to the bottom it just pops to me and it's like it's action it's it's everything I want to see on the stand 100% I'm with you that's my favorite cover again also for the colors uh I don't care so much that Victor is like beating up Marcus here it's the colors it's the way that they reverse the colors um the people like marcus and victor are their colors are flipped and then to contrast that the backgrounds are flipped in the opposite way uh so it's a very 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 interesting cover i'll I'll social media that cover for sure um number four was really nice as well uh but just it was missing that that color it was missing yep. the extra pop of color, so I had to give it to number three. So I think that's the first cover that we actually lined up on as our favorite. It is, so Tim. That's good. Wow. Awesome. In seven volumes, we finally matched. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Nice. All right, Dean. Thank you for joining, my friend. Yeah, Tim. This was great. Great volume. Can't wait to get to the next one. Although this is my favorite. So I don't know. Can the next one top it? I don't know. I think so. I think it could. We'll find out. We'll find out. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are the hosts of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are breaking down every single episode of Seinfeld as we watch it, reliving this amazing show. That's right. It's a trip down memory lane for all of us 90s kids out there. You can find Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Patreon. La la la. That's it for another episode. Thanks to everyone for listening. If you'd like to drop us a line, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as TalkBackPod, or by email at TalkBackPod at gmail.com. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews will help more people find Talking Back. All right, that's it. We're done.